excited to be in the house of God this morning. It's so good to see you. Now I can see you. I should be wearing a visor. This works good. Well, we had a great first service. There's a message on my heart that I believe that the Lord has given me in this last season. Um, as I was sitting there, I felt a sense of what Holy Spirit wants to do in the second service. You know, he is detailed. He is the presence of Jesus, and he is the power source. And this morning, I believe what he wants to do is he wants to take the limits off. He wants to break open the glass ceilings. He wants to abolish the plexiglass that looks like glass. He wants to set a precedence of who he is and how he wants to move through you. I want you to get on your feet. I want us right now, let's get up on our feet. And I want us to begin this next segment of our service. I want us to raise our hands and I want us to just honor the Lord. Can we do that? Can we just give him praise right now? Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are holy. God, I thank you that there is nothing that is too difficult for you. You are the way maker. King Jesus, we worship you. We worship you, oh God. Oh, there is nothing too difficult for you. You are worthy. You are holy. You are righteous. You are just. You are beautiful, oh God. Oh, Jesus, thank you. If you have your heavenly language in this house this morning, I want you to stir up your heart. I want you to pray in you and then the Holy Ghost. If you have it this morning, let's stir up our faith right now. This needs no interpretation because we are building up our faith. Jesus, Lift it up, church. Come on, let's lift it up. Let's stir ourselves up. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are in this place. We don't just give you space, but we give you the entire room. We give you this entire room. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome. Would you honor King Jesus? Will you glorify Jesus in this place? Jesus, Jesus, I thank you for a wall of fire around this place. I thank you for a wall of fire around this place. I thank you that religion cannot manifest itself. I thank you that religion is broken in this place. I thank you for the warring angels in this place. Oh God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your joy. I thank you for the good gifts that you're about to give your people. And all of God's people said, all right, how's that for a good start? I and myself have nothing to give you, absolutely nothing. But the Spirit of God has something that only that He can do that has the ability to multiply. It is not by our works. It is not by our power. It is not by the gifts that he has given us. It is by the Spirit of God that things get done. Holy Spirit can do in a moment what can take six months to a lifetime to work through. And right now we're in a season where time is being compressed. Things are getting done quicker because the Spirit of God is beginning to move in the earth. In 2020, a highly contagious virus about took out the entire planet. Would you not agree? COVID came and about sucked the living life out of all of us and literally took out life as we knew it at that time. You're all sitting here right now traumatized going back to that season. I feel it. It was tough. It was a hard season. We pressed in. We were confused. It was difficult to know which direction to turn. How was the world going to move? What was protocol? What was not? All kinds of political debates. It was a tough, tough time. And yet here we are in 2023. And something else is beginning to move across the world that's also highly contagious and transferable. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit and what he is doing across the globe. It is a mighty move of his spirit. It is highly contagious. It is highly transferable. And he wants to move through you and I to accomplish his works. This is what he wants to do. 
And there is one way to catch it. And you don't even need a mask to protect yourself from it. Man, you don't need no mask. But the way to catch it is all about how we press in to seek God. How we press in to seek the Lord. And this morning, I have a message, and it's called Hide and Go Seek. And I believe that this is the heart of the Lord for all of us today. I've been speaking at conferences. I've had some invitations and open doors, and I'm so thankful for it. And I have seen what the Lord is beginning to do, just on a small scale. But what he is doing in the hearts of men and women and young people is absolutely incredible. It just takes a little bit of hunger. That's it, a little bit of hunger. And God moves in by his spirit and by his presence and he will meet you right where you're at. I had the most incredible opportunity to preach in a place and I'll tell you what, what the Holy Spirit did in that service for young people was so powerful. As I began to speak and as I began to work through where I felt the Holy Spirit was leading me, I saw a young girl off to my right and I could see that she was struggling and a word of knowledge came. And for those of you who are wondering what a word of knowledge is, Holy Spirit began to just show me something about that girl. It's never to embarrass anybody. It's never to embarrass anybody or to make them feel bad. It is the presence and the power of God because he wants to meet a need, because he wants to be a father. He wants to come in with his love. And as I saw that young girl there, I felt in my heart that I needed to go over and wrap my arms around her and just speak to her. But I had been told that morning, because it was a live feed, that I was supposed to stay on this piece of tape and like not really move, oh, we all know what that's like. And so I wasn't really supposed to move because they had the camera on me and, um, you know, just kind of stay put. And throughout the whole conference, I had put the podium kind of right here just because I like being at ground level. And so here I am behind the podium and I can feel the presence of the Lord stirring my, in my heart to not just speak over this girl, but to go over and to pray for her because Jesus Christ wanted to set her free. And so as I'm standing there, I'm looking at the live feed, and this is <laughs> what I hear myself say. I'm sorry, I have got to go. <laughs> I put my mic down, and I jumped off that platform, and I went to that baby, and I began to speak something that the Lord had, sh had shown me. I whispered it in her ear, and she began to weep, and the Spirit of God came and set that girl free from her depression. In a moment, in a moment. Why am I sharing this with you? Because right now I want to build your faith. I want you to know how awesome you are to the Father, that he came and left the beauty of heaven. We have no idea how incredible heaven is. He left it for us because he loved us and he is calling us back. We sang about it this morning. Breathe on me in your presence. Dry bones come back to life. New songs are birthed. Dreams happen. We receive answers to prayer. We begin to wake up to the things that God has called us to do. But if you wanna feel somebody's breath, you have to be close. I didn't say smell their breath. I said feel their breath. Some of you are like, I'm not getting close. No, if you want to feel somebody's breath, you need to be close. You need to be close. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I'm gonna move this closer. There we go. Then you will call on me and you will come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart.
wow, with all of your heart. There isn't a single person in this room, I believe, that is not facing some sort of a struggle. How many of you are needing answers to prayer? Almost everybody, yeah. How many of you are believing for a son or a daughter or a family member to come to know Jesus? How many of you need the strategy of God and his wisdom in order to move forward in a decision? You might be standing at a crossroads. You might be in business, and it's that next thing, that next step, and you're asking God for it. How many of you find yourself in struggles, and they seem to repeat themselves, and time and time again, you just feel beat up, and you can't seem to get the victory? Are there any of you out here this morning? Thank you for your courage for raising your hands. Yes. How many of you are believing God for healing in your physical body? How many of you are struggling? Several of you. We need the presence of Jesus. We need access to him. We need to know what his heart and his mind is for the next steps that we are going to take. Now, I want to share something with you. There are many times we will come and we will stand at the altar, or we will go home or go to our prayer groups, and we bring our petitions to the Father. These things are good. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I do that a lot. Lord, I, I'm carrying this weight. Would you help me? And he says he's a very present time, very present help in times of trouble and of struggle. But I want to talk to you a little bit about a season that the Lord has had me in. So Jeremiah 29, 11, the thoughts and the plans that God has for us are good. And I believe that he has good thoughts for me, good plans for me. And sometimes I don't know what they are. And so even though I've had incredible moments where I've seen God move mightily, and I've seen breakthroughs in the lives of people, I've been able to see people set free from demonic oppression, demonic oppression it exists it exists it's a real thing spiritual demonic oppression and the spirit of God is here to break it and we need the spirit of God to break it and he wants to come and break it prior to speaking at these conferences I got really, really sick physically. I had a combination of COVID and bronchitis. And I was on my back for longer than I'm used to. Let's just put it that way. And as I was processing, I have got to get my messages ready. Lord, I, I, you've, you know, you've, you've, you've opened some doors for me. I need to get some, some messages worked up and, and I, I have an idea of what you want to say. I just want to get to my desk. I want to write these things out. I was way too tired to even move. And I began to get really discouraged because I wasn't getting any better. And during that time, the Lord brought some people into my life. Man, they babied me. They were like such a godsend in my life. But the Lord began to speak to me about Marty, while you're on your back and you're unable to move, let's communicate. Let's, let's just talk. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Um, and I had a lot of things to talk to him about. I'm like, Father, I'm going to talk to you about this thing. I'm going to talk to you about that thing. I'm believing for this. I'm fasting about that. And I just went down the list. And it got quiet. And I sense Holy Spirit just say, can you just seek my face? And I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought I was seeking God's face. I really thought that I was coming before him with everything. I was opening up my heart to him. I was inviting him to come in 
and, and, and speak to those areas that I had been believing for, that I was contending for. But what I was no longer doing in a way that I had done when I first came to know him was just adore him, was just to seek him, his beauty, his majesty, his rule, his reign, his kingdom, his love for me. I was no longer doing that. I believed in it, but I was no longer moving in that vein. I was very preoccupied with the things that I needed him to do in my life. I was seeking his hands. What can you do for me, Father? And to just seek his face, to minister to him to open up the alabaster box and to pour that oil on his feet for no other reason than to lavish my love on him. I was not doing that like I once was. And because of that, I became very busy in putting things together in writing out sermons, in doing what I felt the Lord wanted me to do. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But the more I would spend time with him, the quicker and the easier I could hear what my next direction was. The more I began to see answers to prayer. Even though I wasn't coming specifically for certain things, the things that I began to notice that were changing in my life happened as a result of seeking him. The word seek in the Bible, and we read it in just this passage, is in there 313 times. And let me tell you what it means. Two words, aggressively pursue. Aggressively pursue. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me. You will aggressively pursue me and find me when you aggressively pursue me with all of your heart. Church, there is nothing casual or laid back about seeking God. If the word seek means to aggressively pursue, there isn't a casual mindset about that. The posture of our hearts is not one of just, just touch me and bless me. Here I am, Lord. I'm available. I'm, I'm showing up. Just come and meet me as if we're doing him some sort of a favor by showing up. Who are we kidding? Who, who's running the show here? Who's running the show? Lord, just come touch me. I, it, you know what? I'm, I'm available. Aren't you so blessed to have me? That's kind of what we're saying. We cannot be casual about seeking Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the answer to every problem in the world. Jesus Christ is the highest authority. Is the highest authority. Am I in a Methodist church this morning? <laughs> no offense if you're Methodist. <laughs> Am I in a charismatic church? I said Jesus Christ is the highest authority. Listen, you want your fire back in your life? You want to burn hot for Jesus Christ? Do you want to see miracles? Do you want Holy Spirit to move through you in power so that Jesus Christ can be manifested? Is that your desire this morning? Is that what you're crying out for this morning? The church, we've got to get back to our first love. We've got to get back to aggressively pursuing him, seeking his face, not just what he can do for us. 
not just what he can give us. He is to be lavished upon. He was brutally, brutally beaten on our behalf to the point of beyond recognition. I was just reading in the book of Mark, chapter 12. I was sharing it with my husband. I was reading about Jesus when he was riding on the donkey and everybody was singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the name. And they were praising Jesus and, and you know, throwing down their, their cloaks and they had the palm branches. And I've read that many, many times. And then Jesus does something. Right after that, he walks into the temple. And I had never seen this phrase before. It's very, very simple. He walked into the temple. He stood. And he looked around intently at everything. And then he turned around and walked out. Well, okay. He stood in the temple. He paused and looked around intently. He was by himself, and then he walked out. What could possibly be the thoughts that he was thinking about in that moment? The scripture doesn't say but when we read that entire chapter, it was leading up to his crucifixion. Jesus Christ was the temple. And as he stood there, I can only imagine him looking at all of the objects and all of the symbolism and all of the things that would no longer be the way that they were. He knew what he was about to do. And there was one last look at all of the formalities and all of the religiosity and all of the seeking and all of the searching and all of the desperate cries from humanity, from people that didn't even know who he was. And in that moment, as he stood there and looked around intently, what the weight that he must have been carrying in that moment. The weight. Because you and I matter. You and I matter. And he knew that the curtain that he was looking at would be ripped in two. It was going to happen. He was going to do it. He was going to do it. This Jesus is worth 100% of our pursuit. This Jesus is worth every ounce and fiber of our beings. This Jesus is worthy of our worship, is worthy of our honor. This Jesus longs for, for his breath to be felt on your face. This is the posture when the fire hits the altar and we begin to burn with power and passion for a move of God, not because we are promoting ourselves, but because we feel his heart for humanity. All Oh God, that you would be known in the earth. Oh God, that we would be a people that would move with you in your heart, that we would lay down all things that cause us to stumble. The Spirit of the Lord invited me shortly after these conferences to just take a sabbatical from not just social media, but all kinds of things, invitations with uh, people. He just wanted me to just be still. I did not feel any conviction like I was doing anything wrong. Um, I was about to work with somebody who was helping me take next steps in the ministry. And I just woke up one morning and sensed, wow, it, it's like nothing. Like I don't think I'm supposed to pursue anything. And I turned to my husband and, and I said, I, I got nothing. Like, I, I feel the Lord is inviting me into a different space. And um, first day was great. No notifications. Laying it all down. Second day, all right, I'm being obedient. This is good. God has some good things for me. Third day, getting a little bored. Can't even go on Instagram, Facebook. Fourth day, maybe I should get a job. Fifth day, okay, you can see what's happening. 
By the second week, I wrote this in my journal, crickets on all fronts, total crickets. Nobody texting, no emails, shut off my notifications. It was just quiet. Next thing I wrote, super vulnerable with you all and super pathetic. Oh God, does nobody want to talk to me? Does nobody need me right now? Like, is there anybody that I can respond to? Nothing. Crickets. Marty, come a little closer. I want to breathe on you. Come a little closer. Will you seek my face? Will you honor me and not come to me with every single petition that you're so good at bringing before me? I love it that you do that. But I miss you. I miss the time that you used to spend with me when it was just you and I. Will you seek me? Will you aggressively pursue me? What does it look like to aggressively pursue him? Does that mean it has to be quiet in your life? It did for me. Why? Because the Lord wanted to reveal something in me that I didn't even know was growing and brewing. By the second week, I would wake up Tim would get ready to go to work and he'd be like, all right, baby, have a great day. And I'm like, yep, might as well start off right. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. I would begin to quote and sing that. Why? Because the more time I was spending with him, the more I began to see the things in my life that needed to go. I remember setting my alarm. 30 minutes. No Bible reading, just praying. Anybody can do 30 minutes, right? You know what? Spend time just seeking Him with all of your being, and you'll find out in a heartbeat who's really in charge, who's really calling the shots. Spend some time not eating, being deliberate about fasting, not as a form of works, but even when the Spirit of God calls you to do it, you'll know real fast who's talking louder. I begin to understand why I wasn't hearing as clearly as I wanted to. I begin to understand why I was getting frustrated and bothered with certain people in my life. And I begin to find myself in a place where I would be so frustrated only to get back into that place of prayer. And not just prayer, and I'm not saying that you have to do this, please understand, this was what the Lord was inviting me into. That place of prayer where I would begin to pray. And after 30 minutes, after 40 minutes, after 45 minutes, all I'm doing is weeping on my bed and asking God to forgive me. I begin to see things in my life that I needed to lay down. I begin to see things in my life that were not pleasing to God. I begin to see things about myself that had to go. Was God showing me this to show me how bad I was? He wasn't. When you come close to him, there are things that will automatically rise to the surface because it cannot be in his presence. And the Lord began to show me, listen, baby girl, this is not time out. This is preparation. I have heard your cries. I have seen the desire and the passion of your heart for authentic move of the Holy Ghost. And I want to prepare you so that your stamina is going to be built up so that you can contain what I want to deposit within you. There are so many of us that are crying out for a move of God's spirit. We're crying out for revival. We want to see these things happen. And God wants to come in power and in might but what he wants to do this morning is to get us to that place of our first love where whatever happens everything is because of him and his grace and his goodness and his might we are just vessels we're just the vehicle I don't want to be known for my gift 
I don't want to be known for my gift. I heard myself say it in my prayer closet. I don't want to be known for my gift. I want to be known as a woman that will quickly lay down her own agenda, spend time with the Father, begin to hear what he wants to do because time is moving quickly. The Spirit of God wants to speak. He wants to give strategy. He wants to give wisdom, but we won't take the time necessary to shut out every distraction and to just be at his feet because our flesh cries out for something we are so good at pursuing the manifestations of God we are so good at pursuing the first scripture that comes to our mind and we rattle off like a machine gun we are quick to hand out band-aids on on massive bullet wounds that have happened to men and women that are outside of these four walls and there were days I would hang around people and I oh I would feel like I was like a porcupine on fire Every time there was conversation, I would be just so aware of my thoughts and my emotions. And I, I remember telling the Lord one morning, Father, I like myself a whole lot better before you invited me to draw close. I mean, I'm really not good with myself right now. The closer I come to you, the more I see things in my life. And at the same time, what a beautiful invitation to receive more of him and what he wants to do. Psalm 63:1. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. Remember what seek means? A little louder. Aggressively pursue. Earnestly, I aggressively pursue you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Do you long for him like that this morning? Do you pursue him with that type of desperation? Or are you okay where you're at? Does your heart cry out for him? Like he's the only thing that can come and give you what you need. You were once like that. If there are those of you in the room, there was once a time when you were in that place. And the word of God calls that your first love. Psalms 14, verse 2, the Lord looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise and if anyone seeks God. You want to get the attention of your father. You begin to seek after him with intentional, aggressive pursuit. Why? Because he's looking for it. We just read it. He's looking for it. Will he find you? You want to get the attention of God, you begin to intentionally and aggressively pursue him. He will see you. He will target you. He will meet you. And that's powerful. That's powerful. So powerful. In 2 Chronicles 26.5, there's a story about King Uzziah. And when I read it, I never thought that I would glean this much from a story. But Holy Spirit began to lead me to this story. And as I began to read, I began to see something that I have often overlooked even in my own life. Uzziah was 16 years old when he was crowned king. And he followed the Lord like his father had done. Zechariah the prophet had trained him in the fear of the Lord. And this young king decided to honor his father's God and walk down that same path. And he did. In fact, because of it, the Lord blessed him tremendously. Verse 8 says, Uzziah became very powerful and influential. Verse 9, Uzziah built amazing structures and architecture. Verse 11, God helped him defeat not, not just some, but all of his enemies. Verse 15, 
He was an inventor. He was creative. He was an entrepreneur. He had many skilled employees and warriors that surrounded him. The last half of verse 15 is what I want to focus on. Uzziah's fame spread far and wide, for the Lord wonderfully helped him until... And that is a very important word. Until. Until he became very powerful and his fame spread throughout the land, he also became proud. Why am I pausing here? Because sometimes we don't see certain things about our own self. And it takes drawing close to the Lord for him to reveal some things to us about ourselves. God is not into playing games. It wasn't a game when he sent his son Jesus. It wasn't such some, some sort of a quick fix. What a cruel quick fix that was. It wasn't just about, here's a quick answer for humanity. No, this is serious business. This is serious with God. He doesn't play games. We so often come to him wearing all kinds of masks and facades, and we come before him and we say all these incredible things, and in the meantime, our lives are shattered, our families are broken, and we don't want to let any person know about it. We want to seek him only in private, but not meet with a brother or a sister. During this season, I have had to meet with people as I began to see things in my own life and how they loved me through it and how they walked me through it. And I'm so grateful. But there comes a time in our lives when the blessing of the Lord is so incredible, we can easily slide into this place of comfortability. The business is growing. God is moving in power in our church. We're seeing people healed. We're seeing people delivered. I get to go speak places. God moves mightily. It's incredible. Thank you, Jesus. And that's all good. We give him glory. But then we stay there, and we stay there, and pretty soon our aggressive pursuit of God has waned. And as we see in the case of Uzziah, when the hand of the Lord was removed was when he no longer pursued him. He pursued God until he became very powerful and influential. Now, there's nothing wrong with being powerful and influential. I'm not here to diss on that at all. What I want to show you is that King David was influential and powerful and extremely wealthy, and yet God called him a man after his own heart. King Uzziah began to walk in his own pride, and this was his demise. He walked into the temple. Forget the priest. I don't need priests. I'm a big wig right now. Walked right in, took the incense, lit it on fire, and the priest saw it and said, don't do that. Don't dishonor the temple. This is what God has called the priest to do. And I'm speaking Old Testament now. This is before Jesus came. And King Uzziah got so angry and so frustrated that he would not put the burning incense down. And in front of the priests who begged him to not be so blatant and prideful. He hung on to that incense, and in a moment, leprosy broke out on his forehead. He was rushed out of the temple, and he lived in exile for the rest of his entire life. This was the same man that was an architect, that had fame, that had billions of wealth, in structures and in people and in, 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 in all of the employees that he had. Why? Because scripture says God wonderfully helped him and he followed the ways of God until. That word until hit me so hard because it wasn't that I was looking at hundreds of thousands of followers wasn't that I was looking at hundreds and thousands of dollars in a bank account. But even in my own life, I begin to see 
where my seeking had slowed down, where I no longer put Jesus Christ as the priority, where it was all about what he could do, the next breakthrough, the next this, the next that, and yet he was calling me to come and hide away and spend time with him just seeking his face because he is to be adored. Catherine Kuhlman used to say, I die a thousand deaths before I ever walk up on a platform. You know why that's important? Because it's not by might. It's not my power. It's by the Holy Spirit. Without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, which is the presence of Jesus, we have nothing but our own works, our own self-sufficiency, and if we're not careful, we will even look at that and still think that we're doing a good thing. Now, it's quiet in here because I know this feels like a heavy blanket. And I don't want you to get condemned this morning. Instead, I want you to see this as an invitation. Because God wants to increase our stamina for his presence. He wants us to know the power and the presence of Holy Spirit. That we would actually allow him to take up not just some space, but every space that we would come to a place where we can take a breath and go, God, I am so happy to be in your presence. You know, we know very little about Enoch, but we do know this, he walked with God. He walked with God, spent time with God. Abraham spent time with God, communing with him. And those that spend time with God, that fear the Lord, Fear, not be afraid of, but fear not having his presence that are willing to come close and just lay down every agenda. God begins to reveal his secrets to you, his strategy, his wisdom, his next steps. Where are you blocked this morning? What has been your struggle? Where are those of you that in 2023 will give God everything and pursue him with everything? Where are the mothers that will seek God with everything? Where are the fathers, youth leaders, pastors, politicians, young people? Will you give him your everything? Will you come and lay everything down and allow him to reveal to you his plans, his thoughts, his ways? What is it that you are so desperately seeking? And who is it that you're desperately seeking? God wants to meet you this morning. He wants to, that fire in your soul, that flame that has gone down, that first love, he wants to rekindle that. He wants to give you the breakthrough that you've been longing for, but he's inviting you to do it by just seeking him. Father, I love you. Lord, I love you. It's been a long time since I've just come before you and loved you. I have wanted a lot of things from you. And I come to you so often with my desires and my requests and my petitions. And you're so good to me because you meet those needs and desires but you want to just see my face. You're asking me to come close. I want you to know this morning, if you feel far away from the Lord, he has not moved. He has not moved. In fact, what he wants to do is increase our awareness of him. It's often our unawareness of him in a moment that makes us feel like he's moved. No, God doesn't leave us. He wants to increase our awareness. In closing, and because your second service, I'm giving myself a few more minutes. 
I struggled for a while coming to the Lord because of a mindset that I was carrying that I didn't know. I felt like that coming to the Lord was kind of burdensome and that sometimes maybe he didn't want to hear from me or there were certain things that he didn't really want to give me because I wasn't worthy. Some of you know my story. You know that I lived in my truck, slept in my truck, was homeless for two and a half years, lived in a suitcase, not in a suitcase, but had a suitcase that I lived out. <laughs> and that was a difficult time as, as a woman of 48 years old. Starting life over was rough. I didn't realize that in that time of loss, I had developed something, and I'm not gonna name it yet, because the beautiful Holy Spirit revealed it. And when he reveals it, it's because he wants to heal it. My husband and I were completing our marriage counseling training. We were sitting in the therapist's office. And in that moment, something came up on the screen and I saw all of my undecided answers and you were only allowed to have five and I had reached my quota and as I looked on the screen and I saw the area where I had put undecided I began to realize wow this is a really broken area right here and it had everything to do with security everything to do with God wanting to be my everything and my difficulty in receiving and accepting that and as I begin to see myself like that, I'm telling the therapist, okay, I'm, I'm being highly triggered and this is trauma and I can feel it coming up. Oh, it's coming up. I think I'm gonna cry right now. In fact, I know I'm gonna cry. And I just begin to wail in their office. And the therapist and his wife came so close and she said something to me. She said, Marty, you are not a beggar and when I heard the word beggar two memories came like that where I had felt like a beggar I completely had forgotten about them when they came up I began to wail as they begin to move in and minister to me the therapist says to me there is not a royal robe in God's kingdom that you are not allowed to wear. Let me say that again. There isn't a royal robe in God's kingdom that you are not allowed to wear. They broke that thing off of me. I left there so free, so tired. Three days later, I have a dream and in that dream I see hands open with incredible gifts and they're being put in front of me and it was like I got to choose but they're so beautiful I don't know which ones to choose I kind of want all of them and I am like what I can't believe it like all of this and you know I was like it was like Christmas morning and I hear these words as loudly as I'm speaking to you this morning Marty Beggars can't be choosers. Something began to rise up on the inside of me. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. This isn't the Lord speaking. Wait a second. God has freed me from this beggar mindset. This is not God. This is not God. This is old patterns, old thinking. This is the enemy coming at me with everything, wanting me to partner with that thought that I am somehow a beggar and I am unable to choose. And in that moment, I sat up in bed and I said out loud, and Tim heard me, oh, but I am not a beggar anymore. I am a child of God. I am a woman of God. The Spirit of God flows through me. God loves me. That came out of a time of just seeking. And I don't want to quit. I don't want to ever quit. And just 
feel that I have arrived, I want to seek Him with everything because in His presence is fullness of joy. I don't want to just come with my petitions. I don't want to just come with my complaints. I want to come and just honor Him because He is worthy of worship. He is the only one worthy of worship. The only King, the only God that can meet me at every moment, at every, every place in my life. So if you're at a critical moment in your life, or maybe you're just like, God, I see this about myself and I wanna pursue you with everything. Second Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And seek my face earnestly pursue me then I will hear from heaven I'll forgive their sin I want to heal their land what part of, of you needs healing what part of you needs a breakthrough what part of you needs deliverance what part of, of you what part of your land needs the spirit of God to come Let's stand up on our feet. I believe he wants to do something in this place. Thank you for your patience. I just want you to lift your hands for a minute. Father, we just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for your presence. God, I thank you for your power. I thank you, God, that you invite us to come close so that we can feel your breath. Spirit of God, I ask that you would just move in this building, blow in this place, come like a mighty, mighty river in this house. Come like a mighty flame, oh God. Ignite our hearts, oh God. Ignite our hearts. Bring us back to that place of first love. Jesus, come back as our first love. We earnestly seek you this morning. We earnestly seek you this morning, oh God. Oh God, where we have failed to seek you, will you forgive us this morning?